Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. We've been having a declaration. Um, Pastor Rife led us into this declaration this year. We have declarations every year. And if you would turn your attention to the declaration, I want you to repeat with me this declaration. It says, let's repeat. I will constantly guard my heart and align it with God's holy word. For everything I do flows from it. And that's from Proverbs chapter 4 and 23. So we're going to get right into the word. Um, we're actually been in a te- Pastor Rife has been in a teaching series entitled Questions and it, Is It a Wise Thing to Do? And so today um, I get the opportunity to close out that series and I'm going to be talking about the turning point, but specifically focusing on wisdom, wisdom. And so our text today is going to come from 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there and follow along with me. Again, we're in the series, the best question ever. Is it the wise thing to do? 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 6. And I just want to lead into this by stating that wise people change. Wise people change. No one, I can state this, this declaration with confidence that there is no one in this room, either for themselves or for their children, desire that their child remain in kindergarten the entirety of their life. No, we anticipate change. We anticipate growth. We anticipate development, which leads us into or that child or yourself into a place of change. So, so it is in the natural as it also is in the spirit. Our heavenly father anticipate us to change. He anticipate us from, to maturate from one place to the other. And so today we're going to be talking about wise people change. We're going to be talking about in, in 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 6, it says, as you um, find it, maybe you already have it. It says, and the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. That represents the encounter, which means to come face to face with something. And you shall prophesy with them. That's the empowerment or that's the thing that power that gives us power. And you shall be turned into another man. And that speaks to change. And so I want to kind of give you a backdrop of what's happening in 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 6. The nation of Israel was a theocracy, meaning that it was God ruled. And then there was a time that the nation of Israel no longer wanted to be ruled by God. They saw other nations had kings and the kings were fighting for them and the kings were going before them. And they said, hey, we don't want God to just rule us. We want a king like the other nations. And so they brought this petition to the prophet Samuel, who was also the judge at the time. And they said, look, we want to be Uh, We want to be led by a king. Samuel was displeased with their petition, but he, as a prophet, he took it to the Lord. And he said, God, your people are saying that they no longer want to be ruled um, by you or by me. They want a king in place. 
And God said, give them, the Lord said, give them what they desire. They have not rejected you, Samuel. They have rejected me. And so leaning into this, the search begins where God begins to honor the request of the people. And so what's happening when we get to 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 6, Kish, who was Saul's father, lost donkeys. And so en route to losing his donkeys, he began to talk to his son, Saul, and Saul's servant. He said, look, I lost my donkeys. I need you to go out. You take the servant. Go find my donkeys. Now, the Bible talks about uh, Saul or Kish's father being a wealthy and influential man. He was a man of power. He was a man of influence. And can I tell you today that there are some things that money and wealth cannot buy you. There are certain things that money, for example, money and wealth cannot buy you certain levels of health. There are certain levels of healing. There are certain things that you may need uh, mentally and emotionally that money cannot buy. But guess what? Who can? God can. The deliverer, the savior of the earth, he can. And so we have to be in tune with what God is saying and what God is doing with us. And so Samuel Begin, I'm sorry, not Samuel, Kish, Saul's father, sent Samuel, sent Saul and his servant out to look for the donkeys. And in search for the donkeys, the Bible says they had traveled through five cities. They were exhausted. Five is the number of grace. And the Bible says that the servant of Saul, I'm just trying to give you guys some, the foundation. The servant of Saul said, look, we traveled all this time. There is a man of God in this city. Perhaps or peradventure, peradventure, he can tell us where the donkeys are. And so this is the voice of wisdom speaking to Saul. And he said, okay, I think that's a good idea. I think I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll grab that. And so as they began to go along their journey, while they were going along their journey, they met up with the prophet Samuel. The Bible calls him a seer. And so they met up with Samuel, and Samuel intersected with Saul and his servant. And so as they were meeting up, Samuel has an encounter with Saul. And this is where we are in 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 6. So he's telling him about his destiny. And so this just lets me know that it was not about the donkeys. It was about destiny. And some of you have lost some things. You experienced some things in life. And the Lord sent me here to tell you that it's not about what you lost. It's about you coming face to face with your destiny. God has a purpose. God has a plan. God has an intent for your life. And he brought us here together. He consistently brings us here together so that he can give us insight and wisdom concerning our destiny. The turning point. The turning point, if you will, is the point, well, let me get here. I want to say this, encounters with wisdom empowers us to change. So once we have an encounter with wisdom, a man of God of wisdom or the spirit of wisdom, it gives us the power to change. And so when we talk about the turning point, it is a point where significant change occurs, it's the point where change occurs, but it is preceded by a series of circumstances and decisions, both good and bad. So we know that the circumstances 
that led to Saul meeting Samuel was lost donkeys. But decisions had to be made about this meeting up or this intercession. Saul had to make a decision to listen to the counsel of his servant. He could have been arrogant and said, well, I'm in charge. My father sent me, not you. My father made me to be the overseer of this mission. But no, he was sensitive to listen to the wisdom of his servant. And so here in 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 6, it says, in the spirit of the Lord. So Samuel is prophesying to Saul. He says, in the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. That's the encounter. It is to come face to face with something or someone. And here's what's going to happen as a result of the encounter. And he said, you shall prophesy with them. Who is the them that he's talking about? There were other prophets around. There were other people around. And so he says that when you have this encounter... There are going to be people around you that are already walking in this. The place that you're trying to go, God has already positioned people there where you need to be. And so he says that when that happens, you're going to be empowered by them. You're going to be empowered by what they have. And so we must understand that the encounter happens with God and it also happens with a man or a woman. And so he said, and you shall prophesy with them, and you shall be turned into another man. You shall be turned into another man. So here is the process. The encounter happened with wisdom. And when, when the encounter happened with wisdom, it gives us the power to change. Why are you, woman, what, what do you mean change? Why well, I'm good. I don't, I don't need to change. I, I'm in a place where everything is going good. I've been praying like I'm in a, I have a good relationship to the Lord. So why are you talking to me about turning and changing? Because God is always concerned about us developing and growing. We talked about it here in this house that we should be lifelong learners and lifelong students. And the more that we turn and we change and we become more like him, we're becoming more and more like him. It gives us the power not just to change, but to become change agents or agents of change. It's tools or instruments of change. So when I adhere to what the Lord is doing in my life, then I'm able to be used by God to bring change to someone else. And so that's why it's important. Let me give you some illustrations of the things that lead to the encounter or lead to uh, the need or the need for turning. Some of those things are the birth of a child. We find that there's a transition, that's a point where decisions are made, or there is a high point. We have highs and we have lows in life. Highs and lows. Everybody gets excited when the child is born. We have a newborn, or close to newborn baby in here now, but people are excited when babies are born. But then what happens when there is a death of a loved one? That's a low point. And then you have someone being diagnosed with a chronic illness. Somebody miraculously being healed from an illness. That's a high point. Then you have the start of a new job. That's a high point. The loss of a job, low point. Then you have 
uh, the starting of a new marriage or a relationship, everybody gets excited at the start of a new marriage or relationship. We call it the honeymoon stage. Until you get, really get to know that person, you're like, ooh, Jesus. <laughs> but then those are, the high, those are the turning points, the highs and the lows. And then you have the ending of a marriage or the ending of a relationship. Unfortunately, those things are low points. Not everybody's marriage in a divorce. But there are certain things that happens in life that may cause us to realize that there, there something needs to change in me. And I can tell you today that God is not so much interested, interested in changing the situation than he is changing us. And some of the things that we are praying for, God is saying, I can do that. Listen, that's, that's not a problem. But what I need to do is develop your patience. The Bible says, let patience have her perfect work. Let her come into her full maturation. And so there are times that God will allow certain things in our life to linger because he wants to work something on the inside of us, change. The turning point, the start of a new ministry, exciting, leaving a ministry or a change of leadership. And this is what was happening in here. There was about to be a change. This was a turning point. There was about to be a change in leadership, but Saul had no idea that he was called or he was being uh, pushed or being uh, chosen into the office of a king. No idea. The only thing he had in mind is that I'm going to honor my father by looking for his donkeys. And I'm saying to people who are watching online and those of you in this room, that every circumstance that you have experienced up to this point, Every situation that you have experienced up to this point, every decision that you have made, either good or bad, is leading you into a place of destiny. And God's desire for you, God's desire for me, is that we receive the change that he's trying to work on the inside of us. It's not going to happen without a partnership. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. But if we go a little bit in, in 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 6, 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 6 is the place where the prophetic word was released. When we release the prophetic word, we're speaking into someone's destiny. We're speaking into their potential. But there has to be someone, the receiver of that word, has to partner with that word and begin to receive the instructions so that that word could come to pass. So we see in 1 Samuel chapter 6, the prophecy was given. But in 1 Samuel chapter 10, I'll give you some time to go there. 9, chapter 10, verses 9 through 10, the fulfillment of that prophecy was given. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verses 9 through 10. It says, as Saul returned and started to leave, God gave him a new heart. And all Samuel's signs were fulfilled that day when Saul and his servant arrived at Gabeah. They saw a group of prophets, just like Samuel said, coming toward them. Then the Spirit of God came power powerfully upon Saul, and he too began to prophesy. Saul had not prophesied before. Saul had not experienced the power of God in this dimension before. But when he followed the instructions of the prophet Samuel, when he gave way to the wisdom that Samuel was giving him, then he was able to walk in the things that God had declared that was going to happen in his life. 
encounters, let me say this to you, encounters happen in two dimensions. Number one, with the spirit of wisdom, and number two, with a woman or man that walks in wisdom. We see this here. First, he had encounter with the spirit of wisdom, the spirit. The Bible says, in the spirit came, or the Lord came upon Saul powerfully, and he began to prophesy. Remember, encounter means to come face to face with something. And then he had the encounter with Samuel, where Samuel began to tell him things about himself. And so now he has an encounter with Samuel that he feels empowered that he can do what was declared. When was the last time you had an encounter with either the spirit of wisdom or a man or woman of God that walks in wisdom? When was the last time someone shared with you some insight that you received and that you walked out in your life? When was the last time you were in the presence of the Lord and he began to speak weighty and heavy things to you concerning your destiny, concerning your family, giving you supernatural solutions to problems that you did not have and you used those things and you applied those things and it changed your life? Let me tell you that wisdom is applied knowledge. Wisdom is applied knowledge. It is not wisdom if we just know that's knowledge. If we know, if we have information, we have all of this, this load of, because this is an information-driven society, that everything is being advanced by technology and information, but we have all this information, but we have no application. That is not wisdom. And so wisdom happens when we begin to apply the knowledge that we receive. Well, there is a man of God in the city that you can go to. He'll tell you where your donkeys are. If Saul would have known that and not used that, that would have not been wisdom. But when he knew what he knew and he said, okay, this is going to lead me to the place where I'm trying to go, then I'm going to apply this wisdom for my life. Are you applying the wisdom that God has given you? Are you applying the information that God has given you, applying it and making it applicable, applicable to the places of your life? Now, there is the wisdom and then there is the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom is different from just regular or natural wisdom. The spirit of wisdom is the work of Holy Spirit that helps us understand the things of God and man more fully and completely. I'll say that again. The spirit of wisdom is the work of Holy Spirit that helps us understand the things of God in man more fully and completely. It is also supernatural solutions. Listen, I had a situation um, a year, about a year or so ago, and I was praying and I was asking God for direction concerning this situation. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how I was going to get the resources. Holy Spirit began to speak to me in the night hours. And he said, do this. This is a spirit of wisdom. Because I had no insight. I had no intel. I had no idea how to cause this thing to work out for me. And I needed it like the next day. And the Lord says, do this and then you'll have this. And I did exactly what he told me to do. Within 24 hours, the results came. The thing worked out in my favor. And what I needed was available for me. But it was a supernatural encounter with the spirit of wisdom. But suppose I had not have listened. He was giving me insight. 
But if I had not applied it, then it would not have worked out the way that it worked out. So we can have an encounter. We can come face to face with the spirit of wisdom. And God gives us, give us supernatural solutions to problems, not just ours. Remember, God wants us to be change agents, change agents, but to the problems of the world. The problems of our children, the problems that are happening in our marriage, if we can just be real, we're trying to figure out we've gone to counseling. We've done that already. We've done all these other things, but nothing seems to be working. Can we just sit down and be sensitive to the spirit of wisdom? Holy Spirit, what do you have to say about this? Holy Spirit, what is the solution? That's called an encounter with the spirit of wisdom. So in the Bible, we can see this happening in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. It says, 11, Isaiah 11 and verse 2, I'm going to give you guys some time to get there, or you can just listen to me read it to you. Isaiah 11, verse 2, it says, and this is an encounter with the spirit of wisdom. It says, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Talking about the Messiah, and this was a, was a prophecy that Isaiah had given concerning the coming of the Messiah, the coming of Jesus. And he says, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge in the fear of the Lord. What do we see here first that he said that he's going to give him? The, the spirit of the Lord, and then he goes into the spirit of wisdom. So one of the things that we have to be sensitive to, that God has a process, a God has an order concerning our lives. So if we're going to um, say, for instance, that God is moving you into another city or God is giving you direction to take on a new responsibility at your job or a promotion is happening with you. The one thing that you want to ask for prior to even getting into that position, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom, because if you're going call into a new place, you've not been that way before. You're going into uncharted territories. And so we need to have the ability. We need to be open so that God can give us the solutions how to be able to solve problems. If you can solve problems, you will always be relevant. If you bring in problems, you're probably going to be irrelevant. <laughs> So we need to be able to solve problems. We need to be people of solutions. And guess what? We have that in us to solve problems because guess what? We have Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So we can solve problems. And so about the, Isaiah was prophesying about the Messiah said that when he comes, this is what he's going to walk in. He's going to have the spirit of wisdom. Now, he lists other things that was going to rest upon him. But he said he's going to have the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, and the spirit of might, and the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. This is going to be important, guys. Please, I cannot emphasize this enough with things that are happening in our world, with transgender agendas being pushed on our children, with things happening with this vaccine, with things happening across our nation. We need the spirit of wisdom so that we can be able to know what to do, when to do it, why to do it, and how to do it. And people, the world, Contrary to what we may have heard, the world is looking for answers. The world is looking to the church for answers. Today I have a meeting with somebody after the service that if the spirit of wisdom is not present, then I, this can be a life and death situation. This person has already said, look, you're the last person. I'm going to give you an opportunity, but if you don't say the right thing, then this is it. 
And so this is a lot of pressure. But you know what? I'm putting that pressure back on God. I'm saying, Lord, I'm yielding to you. The spirit of wisdom is going to show up in that meeting, and I'm going to declare destiny to this individual, and they will live and not die, and they will declare the words of the Lord. We need the spirit of wisdom. We need the spirit of wisdom. I'm telling you, this is where the world is today. And you have, we are not a people without hope. We have the answers. We have the solutions because we got the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And he, we have everything that we need. I don't have to know trig. I don't know, have to know algebra. I don't have to know chemistry. I don't have to know science, but I know Jesus. And Jesus know everything. Come on, I know how I know how marrows and all these things can be healed. I know how situations can turn because I've seen him do it before. And if he did it before, he can do it again. Come on, yesterday, I was on the phone with my mom, and she's here today. She'll tell you. She was telling me, well, when you bring little John over here, make sure you have a good talk with him because I don't feel so good. My legs are burning and all this, and I really didn't feel like praying. I know my son. I really didn't feel like praying, but the Holy Spirit prompted me in that moment. He said, don't listen to those complaints. He said, you declare change in that situation. And I began to pray. I began to prophesy to my mom. I said, those legs will respond to the word of the Lord. Hear ye the word of the Lord. You will be healed. You line up. You're going to operate as God created you to operate. And the Lord gave me wisdom on what to pray. By the time we got off that phone, my mom was dancing. My mom was praying. I said, well, where's the pain? The pain is gone. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of might. This is what the Lord, this is the place where the church is in. He's bringing this supernatural full circle. And I know I'm getting off a little bit, but this is the way the Lord is leading me. He's bringing the church back full circle, that we be the power agents, that we be the power. That's power in the house. Come on. We're not a powerless people. We're not a people that don't have answers. We have the answers. We have the solution. And we have the hope that the world needs because we have Jesus. Because we have Jesus. And so it's important, it's, it's vitally important that we, we be around people, men and women of God that are walking in wisdom. The Bible says that the wisdom, he says that wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And while you're getting wisdom, get some understanding too. He said, wisdom is the principal thing. When you're talking about principle, you're talking about something that is first in order. We're talking about the process of getting things. He said, look, look, let me tell you. Get you some wisdom. Don't go around here because you can have a prophetic word and be unwise. Come on now. you telling somebody you dreamed they died and now they're feeling they're packing their stuff. They're preparing wheels and all this stuff because you didn't have the spirit of wisdom when you delivered that word. I've done it before. I've done some crazy stuff early on in ministry. And the Lord said, no, honey, you, you have the ability to change that in prayer. Now, there are certain things that you won't you can't change. But intercession, and, and be careful the way you deliver that word. God can show you something. But remember, we should see things through the eyes of love, through the eyes of God. And through the eyes of God, there's always power for transformation. There's always power for redemption. Come on. He came to the redeem and reconcile the world back to himself. And so he wants us, whatever, wherever we're going, that we grab hold to wisdom, cling to her. 
cling to her. And the Bible says that after you've, get, after you've gotten wisdom, go and pull, get understanding. Because there is, when you have understanding, a person can be raging and ranting, and you realize that that's really not that person. That's a demonic influence. And it's not that person, so you don't go on their level and argue with them. You deal with the spirit, not the individual. The spirit of wisdom. We need the spirit of wisdom. What happens when I have an encounter with wisdom? It gives me power to do some things, some things I, didn't, I couldn't do before. Some things in my natural, my natural ability I couldn't do. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 and 8, you guys know it, that you shall receive power. When? When the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Ghost have come upon you. Guess what? And you shall be witnesses. The Bible says that he who wins souls is wise. I can't win anybody with hate. I can't fight hate with hate. I can't win you by calling you all these low-down, dirty names. But if I go to you in the spirit of love, in the spirit of wisdom, and I tell you that God has a wonderful plan for your life, I know what you're going through. I know where you are right now, but never mind all that. Let me tell you what God says about you. And when I go there, the person begin to look at themselves differently. And they realize, yes, I am in a bad place. I'm, in, I'm doing some things that I know I should not be doing. But a loving God thinks enough of me to still call me, to still say that he wants to use me, to still say that he has a plan for my life, to say that he wants to deliver me. And sometimes all it takes is you telling your testimony that I used to be in the clubs, that I used to be the one that was drinking. I used to be the one that was behind the scenes in immorality. But it was God. Did it for me. I know what he can do for you because I am a testimony. My life is a testimony of his goodness. If it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, I don't know where I would be. I was jumping out of two story houses trying to get to places I shouldn't have been, but it was God. It was God. He said, No, that's not the life I have for you. That's not the life I have for you. So I know what it's like. I have a testimony. That's why I'm so passionate about him. Because he saved me from my own crazy self. I've done some crazy. Oh, Jesus. Let's not talk about it. I look at him like, oh, Jesus. Where in the world was my mind, Jesus? And thank God for a praying mother. Thank God parents don't give up on your children. I don't care how far it seems like they've gone. Grandparents, keep praying. Keep believing. Keep trusting God. Because he can change them. He can change it. He can change it. He can do what he did it for me. So encounter gives me the power, number one, to be a witness. It gives me the power uh, to, it gives me the power to walk in power. And I don't know about you, but we need power. It's enough, enough said. We need to either, excuse my language, you need, we need to shut up if we're not going to show up. Come on. If we're not going to demonstrate what he's doing, we need to stop all this talking. It's time now for power. Where is the power in the church? Come on. God is saying, okay, you're talking about all this. Now let me see what you're going to do. And you know why he's putting a demand on us? Because he placed it in us. Come on. He know what we are able to do because he gave it to us. He said in Luke 10 and 19, behold, I give unto you what power. So we got the power. Who has the power? Come on here now. So we have the power, so we need to walk in power. The next thing an encounter gives me the power to do. It also gives me the power to walk in purpose. 
It gives me the power to walk in and walk out purpose. Come on, before I had an encounter with the Father, I was stuck. Before I had an encounter with the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of God, I was stuck. I, I was stuck. I couldn't walk out my purpose. I didn't want to walk out my purpose. But he awakened my spirit for me to be able to walk some things out. And the scripture says in Ephesians 2 and 10, it says, For we are God's workmanship, created unto Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Created in Christ Jesus unto, to the purpose of good works. One translation says it like this, for we are God's masterpiece. Come on, I'm a masterpiece. That's why you can't figure me out, because I'm God's masterpiece. I know that you've got psychology and all these clinical terms and everything, and I am a therapist, and we try to figure people out, but just go into God. Grab a hold to the spirit of wisdom, and he'll tell you what's happening on the inside of that person, and he'll tell you what's happening on the inside of you, because you are my friend. You are a masterpiece, but not just any masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. And you were created with purpose. You were created to walk out purpose. And this happened before the foundation of this world. Not when mom and dad decided to get together. It happened way before then. We were on the mind and the heart of God. <laughs> he said, I know the thoughts, the plans that I have for you. Thoughts of good and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. And I'm telling somebody today in this room, I feel you. You're feeling like there is no future and there is no hope. But I came to tell you that the devil is a liar. God says there is a future and there is a hope for you. Whoever you are, you need to grab hold to that because God says it is not like it seems. It is not like it seems. And then we must also, the encounter gives me the power to walk in wisdom. We've been talking about that the whole time. And that scripture can be found in Ephesians 1 and 17. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So when I have an encounter with him, when I come face to face with him, it gives me the power to walk this wisdom thing out. It shows up in my conversations. It shows up in my behaviors. It shows up in my interactions. It gives me the ability to see things from his perspective. It gives me the ability to see the bigger picture, which is God pictures. I'm not looking just, I don't have just tunnel vision, but I can see as he see. I know as he knows. Isn't that cool? Man, to have the mind of Christ. Jesus even said, it. he said, let this, the scripture says it, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. So we have the ability to tap into Christ's mind. And so all of these things that psychics and new age people are trying to do, we have as believers. We have supernatural intelligence. Come on. God didn't just save us to read books. I mean, God didn't just save us to speak in tongues. We have the ability, not just know tongues. We have the ability to know everything that we need to know. When we need to know it. Because we have supernatural intellect. He didn't just give us a hikamasai. But we have a hikamasai and we also have power. We have supernatural intelligence. We can know things that are unknown to man. We have supernatural solutions. When we have the spirit of wisdom. And revelation and the knowledge to grow in the knowledge of who he is. So change requires partnership. I'm not moving this. 
somebody's helping me. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Ooh, y'all give me grace. <laughs> Change requires partnership. So there is something. I, I have a role. There's something that I have to do. I just don't just get to sit down and God just does everything. No, 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 no. I have a partnership. There are some things that I must do. So what I must do, I, first, I must first acknowledge areas where I need to grow in wisdom. I need to acknowledge those areas where I need to grow in wisdom. Not where Sally needs to grow in wisdom. Not where my husband or my wife need to grow in wisdom. Not where my children are acting unruly. No, I need to acknowledge areas where I need to grow in wisdom. The scripture says it like this in James 1 and 5. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of the Father, who give it to all men liberally and upbraid and not. The, the other translation said, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So, you know, some people, when they're so smart or so intelligent, they have a tendency sometimes to become the sinning. You don't know that? No, I don't know that. That's why I ask you. But God won't do us that like that. When we need something, when we lack in an area, he wants us to first acknowledge that we're lacking in that area. And he wants us to ask him for it, ask him for it. And that brings us to our next point. If we need wisdom, ask God for wisdom. Ask for it. Ask for it. And so there was a story. I'm not going to go there, but there was a story in the Bible in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, where Solomon was king. And Solomon was David's son. Solomon was king. And he had just stepped into this new position as king, this new office as being the king. And he's like, God, you know, you're giving me. God actually came to him. He said, Solomon, ask of me anything and I'll give it to you. And the man asked for wisdom. Out of all the things he could have asked for, he asked for wisdom. He asked God for wisdom. He said, Lord, I, I have to judge all of these people. I have to make decisions about all these people. And I don't. I don't know what to do with this. So I'm asking you for wisdom. And the scripture says it like this. He said, give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. This is 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can rule this great people of yours? This is what God said to Solomon. This is what God feels. This is how passionate God is about wisdom and our asking for wisdom. He said, God said to Solomon, because you had this in mind and did not ask for riches, wealth, and honor, or the life of those who hate you, nor have you even asked for long life, but you have asked for yourself wisdom and knowledge that you may rule my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge have been granted to you, Solomon, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings who were before you had possessed, nor those who would come after you. You didn't ask me for all those things, but because you asked me for wisdom, I'm going to give you those things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be what? Added unto you. So when we ask God for wisdom, God said, I can trust you with the things. You've already got the first part down packed. Your heart is in the right place, and you're asking me, for wisdom. You're asking me for the applied knowledge. You're asking me for insight. So the next thing that uh, we must do, because change requires partnership, we must also, also associate with the wise. Proverbs 13 and 20 says, 
He that walketh walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. I think Pastor Rife said it in one of the series, one of the teachings in the series, that you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You show me who you're hanging around with, and I'll show you where you're going. So if we are hanging around or we're in the company of wise people, guess what? We're going to become wise. Whatever we hang around, whatever we allow, allow in our circle, that's what we become. And so um, the next thing that we must do, I said that we must acknowledge, we must ask, we must associate with the wise We must also accept the wisdom God provides, either directly or through a relationship. We must accept the wisdom of God, God provides. And that scripture can be found in Proverbs 15 and 32, but we're not going to go there today for the sake of time. But I just want to point out an example because we see the change that happened in in Saul. We see the trans, the transformation, the turning point, the change that happened with him when he had an encounter with Samuel. But can I tell you the reason why I am urging and admonishing and encouraging and really pleading with us that we seek the wisdom of God is because Paul started, I'm sorry, Saul started off well. He started off humble. He started off with the right heart. He started off with the right motives, but he didn't end well. He didn't end well. We see that Saul started off uh, uh, as a man that was ready. Well, he was afraid, but he, you know, he was open. He was willing. He was in the right posture. But then later, he refused to change. He refused and he rejected the wisdom of Samuel later. And guess what? He lost his leadership. He lost his life, and he lost his legacy. He's lost his leadership. He lost his life, and he lost his legacy. Why is God telling us this? Because God is about to entrust us with more. And as he, as he is entrusting us with more and giving us the things that we've been praying for, we need the spirit of wisdom. We need to ask God for wisdom because the dangers of not having wisdom can cause us, cause us to lose everything. But here David comes on the scene, come right behind here. Here's a, here's a turning point, a man that messed it up. He threw it all away. He sabotaged it. Saul did. Nobody did this to him. He did it to himself. But David comes on the scene, and he recovers everything. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. I just quoted you something from Solomon. Guess what? David regained the legacy when he came on the scene. Because David's son, Solomon, ruled as king. And God said of Solomon, there's not a man before you that was as wise as you. There's not a man after you that would have the wisdom or have the things that I'm giving to you. Because of your wisdom, because of your ability to ask and realize what you don't have and ask me for it. And we know that it was through the lineage of David, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, came. The Bible says he is the root and the offspring of David. Jesus came through the lineage of David. And that's why that's redemption right there. That's why it's so important for us to grab a hold to the life or the legacy that David left when he acquired wisdom. He stood in a place of wisdom because to have it and to not have it, it shows us the destiny of our lives. 
And so I'm going to close with this. I'm going to give you guys um, the last point. It says that uh, after we've gotten wisdom, we should also apply wisdom to the areas that we need. The scripture says in Psalms 90 and verse 12, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to know wisdom. Again, wisdom is applied knowledge. Wisdom is supernatural solutions. It is the insight that God gives us concerning a thing and all of the things that I've told you before. So we know now that wisdom is important, is essential. For the places that we would go with God, we need wisdom. Our encounter with wisdom empowers us to change. I've shared with you why we need to change. It's not because, it's not because that We've not, we've not grown to a place, but God says there's more growth. I don't just want change to happen for you. I want change to happen through you. And if change is going to happen through us, then we have to stand in this place where we're encounter, in, encountering wisdom on a day-to-day basis. So in our closing, I want to give you some places, some application of how can I apply and activate this word in my life. Number one, we must decide. Decide to disconnect and deactivate to activate. That's a lot of things. Decisions, to make a decision is simply a a repentance. Repentance means to change your mind. Conversion means to change your heart. So, Lord, I repent that I've not walked fully in this area, that I've not accepted your, your will or your greatest, your highest will for my life. I repent. So I'm making a, a decision today. I don't know what your decision may be, but I'm making a decision to leave this place, vacate this place, and occupy another place. The next thing we must do, we must disconnect. We must separate from people who are not walking in wisdom. It could be family members. It could be lifelong friends. It could be business partners. But if every time I talk to you, it's always an unwise conversation. It's always something that, leading, that leads me away from God. Then this is not a relationship that I need to engage on a daily basis. So I must separate or disconnect myself. And then we must deactivate, disable. I have personally had to block or mute out some stories on Facebook, social media. I have to deactivate some things because some of the stuff was negativity. It was subliminal message. It was things that were directed in a negative way. And I don't want that in my heart. So I had to disconnect from those unwise conversations or Facebook stories. You think about what God is saying to you. And then the final thing, we must activate. Activate. Activate gives me access. I recently got a business card for one of my um, accounts. And the money is there. The account is usable. Whatever whatever I need is there, but I won't have access to it until I activate it. And so there are things that God has placed in deposit in us today. But it is our job, our responsibility to activate what we've been given.